Hagel, and you're listening to the Two Friends Watch Podcast. Please enjoy. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Friends Watch, where two friends watch something to talk about it. I'm Josh. I'm Summer. And we're the two friends. Summer, how are you doing this afternoon? Not tonight. This is like one of the only times we don't record at night. Yeah, good noon. Um, I'm in a really weird mood. I was in a car for a long time. This this car this movie is like the definition of a sad car ride. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we might have some differing opinions on this what we'll to see, but yeah, how was that uh you took a trip to watch it play this like five X, which sounds not fun. I liked it. So it was Shakespeare, but it was way easier. It was one of the ones that was like easier to follow. Mm-hmm. And there's like people that I knew in it. So What's that nice, made huh? it better. Yeah, I don't And it was at the college that I was that I'm probably going to go to. I feel like but every I, liked it. I feel like there'd be a lot more people like into Shakespeare if it was like niche, you know? Like, if, if Shakespeare wasn't really mainstream and you had to learn it in English class or whatever, I feel like people would, would dig it more. Oh, yeah. There was only a couple people that, like, like Shakespeare. And you can tell because they're the actors and they're the ones that are, like, into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So, last time, I think I touched on... Uh... By the way, we were gone last week. We We do acknowledge that. But you know what? Stop being ungrateful. No, it's okay. We we just had to <laughs> do some stuff. Please be ungrateful. Yeah, I, it's okay. I don't remember why. I just remember being sad. Yeah. <laughs> so we, but we're doing the same movie. So, but we'll we'll get into it later. Um. So last time I touched on how I could give you like a random news story or a question. All right. So mm-hmm. I have both, just in case you don't have any interesting like response to my question. All right. Okay. So my question. I've been like feeling really nostalgic lately you know like both in like Mm -hmm. foods i eat and just like stuff i watch and i have unearthed like an old pokemon game boy game i've been kind of playing that on and off for like the past week week i think um so would you have any did you ever play those when you were a kid or no because i feel like you'd be into it no i always felt like i would be into it as well but i am convinced that my parents didn't want let me watch japan japanese stuff when i was a kid didn't we get into and this i don't really know why because they're not racist right <laughs> didn't we get into this the, the i feel like it was the totoro thing we did a long time ago yeah like we, yeah i was complaining about how nobody wanted to watch ponyo with me i am i didn't tell you i'm i'm watching through all the the ghibli movies right now with uh <gasps> benny and we mm-hmm. We got through uh, Castle in the Sky, which is pretty fun. Um, we're doing we're doing like order they came out, but then we jumped up and did the most recent one where it's like three D animate like three D animation. It's called Earwig and the Witch. That one was okay, and then oh. we I Benny quit on me because it's really dark and he didn't want to watch it. The Grave of the Fireflies. You ever watch that one? Yeah. Yeah, that one. I've only seen Totoro, but I've read about it. It's not fun. It's like really sad and a pain to get through. But like not in mm-hmm. a bad way, just like it's it's a lot. But yeah, we're watching Totoro next on Monday. But uh, 
Yeah, that's that's a little update for you. Um, but yeah, I'm playing Pokemon. You you should get into it, dude. And buy a buy an old DS or something. Oh, I want one so bad because all of, like the I want all of the stupid games. I think it's called like Metopia or something. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. I'm not familiar. Metopia. Yeah, it's like you create your own um memes and then they go on an adventure and it's like oh. a dungeon game. Whatever. It's really <laughs> stupid. I love it. Yeah, we just used to make memes and play them in like Wii Sports Baseball. I think that was like the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm telling you right now, if the Switch ever backlogs all the Pokemon games and you can play them on the Switch, like, that would be the little kid in me's dream, you know, to be able to play all these Pokemon games on, like, something that's not, like, four inches by four inches, like an actual TV. I know they got some newer oh. stuff, but I would, I would, if they brought all those classic ones back, I would, I would go buy a Switch, like, the next day. Oh, I would buy all of them, right. like, because I love the style of, like, the old pixelated Pokemon from what I've seen when, like, watching other people do it. And I was gonna buy Pokemon um, Sword and Shield, but it just looked so gross, and it got really mixed reviews. Mm. Get, which one, didn't they do Eevee and Pikachu as well? Weren't those other ones? I don't know if those are full games, though. Uh, yeah, that, they did something with that. Yeah, it's, like, I feel like it, we have the technology to go back, because they've been doing old Nintendo games, I, from what I remember. They were doing, like, uh, Tetris and stuff, and adding other stuff. I feel like they could go back and do those old Pokemon games, but I don't think it will happen until the, the Switch retires. Or, not the Switch, the 3DS, because they, they might still be doing stuff on there. So. Yeah, as soon as, like, they're done with the DSs, then that's probably what's coming. Because that would be, I feel like that would be pretty profitable for them. Okay, so, you have to play, you can play any Nintendo game, but you have to play it on a Wii U. Do you go buy a Wii U? No. I feel like I still wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I like the original Wii. Now, the Wii U was that weird, you remember that? No, I've never seen or played on okay. one. I just know that it's No, everyone loves the original Wii. It's like a childhood classic. The Wii U is like... They give you like this big pad, like an iPad type thing. And you can either use that big mm-hmm. iPad type thing to play on your TV. Or like the whole concept was you could continue playing while someone else watches TV on the same TV. Because like it would trans transition to like the little screen on the tablet. So it was like a combination oh, of the sick. DS and Wii. But I just... It did not sell well and wasn't really a hit. But then they did Switch and everyone loved it. Yeah, they tried it again. I didn't even realize that they had done that concept before. Oh, did they do that on the Switch? Or as like well? something similar. The whole like. I mean, the, it's. Sorry, go on. It's similar. It's not the same. I don't know if they did that, but the whole like switching between TV and cons and like handheld. Oh yeah, yeah, because kids would bring them in, and it's always awkward when they bring in a giant switch to like a classroom, you know. Yeah, I I wanted to do that because like the beginning of junior year, I didn't have anything to do in any of my classes, but I just felt so weird about it. Mm. Best part about the Pokemon games, though, that I've been playing, I've gotten played like five hours or so, is that like everywhere you go has a new part of the soundtrack. Like every city has its own unique, mm-hmm. its own unique theme. Every like route has a cool. I don't think every route has its own unique theme, but like a lot of them are different. 
and there's different like terrains and stuff and like just the music and aesthetic of it all is very pleasing and really good for escapism it's really cute yeah man mm-hmm. uh and then no, i definitely play that my my story is basically my story is probably just gonna be something i find on twitter so what i found <laughs> was this girl and she like that no, wasn't a girl she's like um middle-aged she ran out of like hair lotion stuff to keep her hair down and for the day you know how like people spike their hair like it was something similar yeah. but for for her and so she instead as a substitute she used gorilla glue and <sighs> apparently she's like tried washing it like 17 times and it hasn't come out and it's all stuck and when you look at it it looks like a matte painting of like someone just painted hair on her on her head why would you ever do that it was, it was i felt bad but at the same time such a fascination <laughs> that she decided gorilla glue was the best idea but like if you're treating it just like hand lotion like you sp- you squeeze it into your hand you rub it onto both hands and then you put it on your scalp so her hands should be stuck together her fingers should be stuck yeah, together the, like she should be stinging and that's crying. where the story kind of falls apart you know when you think well how did they get it off her hands but i don't know i feel like the i feel like it could be just be a bit but the concept of the fact that there could be a woman out there with gorilla glue hair is makes me happy I don't even know if there is an electric razor in the world that could power through no. that. No, I think she's done. She's just, yeah, she's just stuck <laughs> with that. Yeah, honestly, sponsored by Gorilla Glue, by the way. Um, if you sign up for our <laughs> affiliate order, you get fifty percent off your next uh, hairstyle purchase with glue, Gorilla Glue. Uh, we haven't done and we haven't done an ad, so I wouldn't know how to do ads. I mean, we've had enough examples. Right. I I think we could at some point, but like the fact is, I don't no one wants that right now and no one we're not going to make much bank off it, so. And that's not what we do. You know, it's no, like not no. a necessity. No. Josh is not a sellout. Not a sellout except for Gorilla Glue. Uh you Gorilla Glue glues anything you want together including your hair. Sign up now. We are sponsored by Gorilla Glue. I can't. Like this, this is part of the I, ad. This is, I love lies like this. Um, I, ugh, all I can imagine is one like grabbing her ponytail and it's just a chunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gorilla Glue. She couldn't have used like Elmer's or something. I'll get to the movie. I'll get to the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, fine. Elmer's wouldn't have dried as right. Fast. I feel like, and then it's, isn't it white? So it, you know, would look sus, a little suspicious. And because uh, like, um, <laughs> is white and dries clear does not work. It it looks gross. Do you know that's why nobody uses clear eyelash. Glue. Do you know what's the worst glue? And I'll, I'll get to the movie like directly after this. I swear, the worst glue is that um, the one we had used in school that was like purple. Might be Elmer's as well, but it was uh, like you either rub it on stuff. The worst texture. Uh, yeah, the sticks. I hate it so much. Glue sticks. That's what it was. It has. 
Yeah, just a glue stick. Some of them were blue or white or clear or purple. I don't know why the purple ones were like that, but they were the extreme Right, because whenever there'd be an actual Elmer's bottle, like, everyone would want to use it. Just because it's so much more practical than this gross... It was so gross, too, if you got it on your anything, like your hand or something. Because it wasn't that sticky. Like, wasn't it wasn't didn't even work that good. No, it was more efficient for kids' projects because it dries faster and it's objectively less messy. Right. And, like, liquid glue is gross in its own regard. Mm-hmm, yeah. But the appeal about liquid glue is that you can pour it on yourself and then peel it off. And now you can get your very own glue with Gorilla Glue. Uh, the we are sponsored by Gorilla Glue. I'm trying to think of like fun Gorilla Glue jokes, but I'm really struggling here. I wonder why. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> stuck. That was bad. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. We watched last week. At least I did. You watched it today. Um. The yes. Perks of Being a Wallflower, 2012, Summer's Choice. Uh, socially awkward teen Charlie's a wallflower, always watching life from the sidelines until two charismatic students become his mentors. Free-spirited Sam and her stepbrother Patrick help Charlie discover the joys of friendship, first love, music, and more. While teacher sparks Charlie's dreams of becoming a writer. However, as his new friends prepare to leave for college, Charlie's inner sadness friends to shatter his newfound confidence. Um, directed by Stephen Chabosky who um, directed Wonder. You ever watch Wonder? I have. It destroys Did, me. I have a problem time. with Wonder. I, I know it's a it's a fine film, but we had to go see it. You guys got to go see, like, Sing on this field trip at Jesus School. Do you remember that? <laughs> we had to go yeah. see Wonder, and then we had to write, like, a, a paper or something on it. Did we have different teachers though? Um, yeah, I think so. Wait, it was a uh, the new chick that came in when I was in seventh grade. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you got to see one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that's like the least fun movie you can watch and go out to as a seventh grader. Honestly, though, if that, like, gave any one of you little gremlins a bit of perspective, then I would say that it was worth it. Because I don't know if anybody else has been to Jesus school, but usually nobody knows what the outside world is like, and they're all entitled. Um, The thing is, though, that made me so mad is that they said writing the paper was extra credit, but then after we got back, if you didn't write the paper, you got yelled at and, like, got in trouble. So everyone <laughs> had to do it anyways. But like I think she just did that to lure you, you can't in. Do a field trip and then assign homework after. A lot of people you can't do that. do that. That's not allowed. That's like the antithesis of what a field trip is. A field trip is supposed to take you away from doing school stuff. It can be educational, but like that- don't make me do stuff. Wasn't there supposed to be, like, a thing for the 8th graders where they all go to, like, Cedar Point and they have to calculate, I don't know, like, the height and how fast they're going? I thought that was, like, the high school of Jesus School. Uh, Maybe it was. I'm unfamiliar. But, no, if you have a field trip, it should just be fun. Like, what did... I didn't go on the DC trip, but you all have to do something for DC. 
Uh, I don't, I feel like we did, but I really don't remember. But it's not like every field trip is fun. Like when we did, I never saw another butterfly in our mm-hmm. high school. Um, our choir teacher and our theater teacher took us to the Holocaust Museum, which is the first time that I ever talked to my boyfriend, actually, which is really oh. funny. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out to uh, the guy. The I'm blanking on his the... name. <laughs> Justin. Joseph. Joseph. Sorry, man. Close um, enough. I called you Joseph the last time we recorded, and that was uncomfy. Yeah, yeah let's not dwell on that. Um, but you didn't have to write a paper on the, the Holocaust <laughs> Museum. Right? See? see? No. It doesn't... No. I'm not saying, like, we just had to do a play It's not about the fact it. that we went to go see Wonder, which still is not very fun. You guys got to go see Sing. It's like a kid's animated film. I feel like 7th grade me, uncultured, um, would like that. So, I got, like, upset, though, because the whole trailer was, like, a group of pigs singing a Panic at the Disco song, and that was just for promotion. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason I wanted to go. Do you want me to make you... I don't know if it's going to make you happy or upset. There's a Sing 2 coming out this year. That doesn't seem profitable. But is anything like Illumination does profitable? Besides like Minion stuff? I don't know. I mean, I don't... Surprisingly, I don't follow them that closely. They've only made like 10... They were... Okay, it's, it's Minion stuff, Secret Life of Pets, and like Sing. And that's it. Oh, and the Hop. That weird... Not animated movie. Hop. Yep. I'll get Ew. back to I'll get back to the movie. Chill. Um, runtime hour and forty three minutes. Very manageable, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, budget thirteen million and box office of thirty three million. Um, that's all right. You know, not bad. Not bad. And starring Logan Lerman as Charlie. He was when I was a kid the Percy Jackson guy. I think he still is to most people. It was like kind of not great Percy Jackson movies. There was like two of them. Uh, I never watched uh, those. I never read the books, but I I can understand now why people are upset. There's a there's a scene that I saw um, on Twitter where he like finds out his mom died. Because he, he, he sees his mom die in a dream. And then when he wakes up, his mom actually is dead. And his, re- his reaction is like, oh man, man. That sucks. Like that same inflection <laughs> that I just did. Not even kidding. <laughs> it's like I it's like hands on heads. It's like, oh man, man. It's like, dude, your mom just died. You don't care any more than that. I just got the books for Christmas, so I can't even, like, hate watch the movies yet, because otherwise that's all nice. I'll be able to think about. That's fun. Hate watching. Uh, Emma Watson is Sam. That's uh, Harry Potter. I don't, You're good at Harry Potter, right? Familiar? Uh, pretty familiar. Dope. So you watch the movies then? Most of them? Oh, no, you were doing, like, weren't you doing the books or something first? I'm I'm halfway through book five and I've seen movies one and two. But if you if you've been on the internet, See, you that's, know what I never happens. got any that spoiled. At least I don't remember because I read all the books first. That's because I was a kid. 
Really? Oh yeah. You and your brother were like all Dude, up. Dude, for real. Like second to fourth grade, I was thriving. And then as soon as I got to like fifth to eighth, I completely fell off. And now I'm a I'm a, a fun <laughs> degenerate who hasn't picked up a book and seriously read it in a long time. But I watch art house films. That's that's better, right? I wouldn't no. say that's better. I would say it gives a similar vibe. Um, and then Ezra Miller's Patrick, uh, they are the the Flash in the DC movies, which you haven't watched. And um, in the Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter prequel stuff. Do you remember those? They're still doing? Uh, I haven't watched right. them, but I he know Right, he's like... I'm not gonna. I, do you want me to spoil it, or do you not? Do you care? Because it kind of be a Harry Potter spoiler, but it wouldn't be because it's not like it's like a prequel fact, I guess. I, no spoil them. I already have. All right, so he's ones. revealed to be Dumbledore's brother in some way. So oh, I don't really, like it, it. Doesn't really match up with how the the Harry Potter stuff is, and it's a mess, man. And J.K. Rowling is not helping, and everything sucks. And I just wish they would be better with Harry Potter stuff post Harry Potter. Yeah, it's like that's a whole. It really conversation. is. I yeah. have a question though. Speaking of like book to movie adaptions how did the fans do you know how the fans of perks of being a wallflower well this this would play in the trivia if you want me to dive into it so first off first trivia i actually got some these are like kind of lengthy trivias the first one the director chabosky he wrote this book that the movie is based on and he also wrote Mm -hmm. the screenplay and directed the movie and so i imagine if you're the author of the source material and you also wrote the screenplay and directed the movie, it's pretty faithful. You know? That needs to happen. No, but more then often. not every author can like direct a movie. Like I'm No, I know. I just haven't heard of that happening except for in this specific case. And it obviously right. they should out really at well. least try it. Or, like, if your thing is being adapted into a TV series, have them direct an episode and see what it's like, you know? Yeah, or, like, I feel like a lot of them don't even really sit in on, like, the screenplay yeah. writing. Uh, it, it ends up working better, as much as I have bad things to say about JK. She helped with the Harry Potter movies tremendously, and they ended up being, like, great adaptations. And it mm-hmm. usually works out well, so I don't understand. What do you, like moving oh nothing they're like clinking i thought you were eating um, something i don't know i was gonna ask if i could have some but oh yeah. drive over i know vague 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 location. But yeah it's pretty rare for this to ever happen so i thought it was, I thought it was cool yeah mm-hmm. uh john hughes who did breakfast club and ferris bueller from what i remember he originally bought the film rights with the intention to write and direct. He intended to make the films more of a dark comedy with Shia LaBeouf set to play Charlie. He's also got problems now, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane from Spider-Man movies, like the OG ones, would play Sam. 
and Patrick mm-hmm. Fugit cast as Patrick. I'm not familiar with him, at least from name recognition. Neither am I. Uh, and, but his sudden death stalled the project as he not completed a script before his passing. And then this allowed the film to be revived as an independent movie with Chbosky returning to write and direct. Yeah, so that's kind mm. of the, the story of how it all happened. I don't know. Shia LaBeouf would be a weird choice. But that was like... Tri- Wait, no, that would be nah, post-Transformers. I mean, yeah, that's a weird choice. That is a really weird choice because he's older. I was... Because I was trying to remember when Holes came out because he did really well in that movie, but he yeah. was really young. He sucks in the Transformers movies, by the way. Holes is a good... I hate those movies. Gosh. My mom watched them all of the time because she loved him, but I don't... I couldn't recall no. the quality. Dude, they're awful. Besides Bumblebee, they're awful with a passion. Um, is Shia LaBeouf even in Bumblebee? No, no. that's like not at all connected to the the Michael so. Bay stuff. It's not pleasant. Okay. Uh, though it isn't mentioned in the movie specifically, Charlie's not that far apart in age to Sam and Patrick. This was interesting because it was going to be an issue I had with it, but now I don't really do because. Um, if you pause the film, you can count 16 candles on his birthday cake, which he receives on December 24th. A December birthday would make him an older freshman, but Charlie's also been held back a year due to emotional problems, which is mentioned in the book, but not the movie. Hence, when Charlie turns 16, most of his senior friends are probably ju- still just 17 years old, making them very close in age. So, because I, I really saw, like, freshman and senior, and that's, like, kind of a thing that we, we make, like, look down on, a relationship like that. At least how it goes. So yeah, it's, you know, it's like, better. It's okay. So when you're an adult, that age gap is really different, right. and it's almost nothing. But when you are like fourteen and seventeen, it feels like you are completely different species. It just because of like the amount of like emotional things that you're going through and things you've experienced like you that rarely works out so having him be 16 and the thing that he got held back makes a lot of sense i suppose with how it is it it makes it Mm -hmm. feel less i think so the first time i watched i had no knowledge of this and so you know i was like this is kind of weird as it went on and i was like a little uncomfortable but you know, I feel better now. Yeah, I, I don't know why I, I was concerned about it, but when he got to his birthday, I was like, "Oh, 16, 16 yeah. candles, haha!" But I didn't count wait, wait, wait. them. So you said "haha," <laughs> sixteen just, candles, like, but didn't comprehend that. Like, <laughs> but you movie. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. I wasn't thinking. It was really early nice. when I watched this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I'm doing a lot of um, but yeah, but yeah, you know. I'm doing a lot of mm-hmm. So it's been it's, okay. it's been, a, it's been like two weeks. I'm kind of I'm kind of tired this week. It's been a weird week. I don't know about you, but like the winter I weather know. is starting to to wear down. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh, uh, a scene was filmed that could be found in the special feature of the DVD and Blu-ray in which it was heavily implied that Charlie's sister, Candace, reveals to him that she's pregnant. He then takes her to get an abortion, which he ultimately goes through with. Uh, 
the director revealed this was due to the pacing and the placement in the movie and why he cut it as uh, the abortion sequence was preceded by a mostly heavy scene where he's told where the scene where Charlie's told to stay away for a while after the party incident thing. So some people theorize that it was cut to avoid an R rating by the MPAA, even though the decision was met with criticism since after that happened, Charlie's relationship with his sister improved. So I don't know. What do you think about that being like a thing that happens, but not on screen? Like, I can accept that that's a mm-hmm. thing that happens in the plot. I don't think it was necessary Agreed, yeah. for the movie. I, but it does explain, like, the relationship change with him and his sister. But I that could also be explained by, like, him just, like, charging at Ponytail Derek. Right. And, like, being protective. Yeah. Because um, th- their, their relationship is kind of a backburner thing. And when you have a book, you can do that. You can flesh that out more compared to, like, a, a script where you want to keep it tight. So I, I respect it. Them cutting it. And then the last mm-hmm. thing. In the book, the protagonist, Charlie, uses the names in order for whoever's reading them. So he, like, doesn't use people's actual name. Like... Okay, he doesn't use the actual people's names, like Patrick and Sam and stuff are just pseudonym names that he uses. So the person who reads it in the letters won't figure out who the people he's talking about are. Oh, so the the book is just a collection of letters uh, then? I think so. It said, aside from him, his friends, and Aunt Helen, there are no other first names mentioned, not even Charlie's siblings. But in the film, they're all real names. So I think what it is, is that the film is just like all the letters, but like it's, it's kind of like a narrative type thing where he is narrating the, the plot. Okay, I right, have to read right? this book. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into it. I, I got I texted you whenever I watched it, right? And I was like, and I I, I do not stress. I was crying in the club, you know. I I That's I don't I don't cry in the club that often. <laughs> the club is usually pretty uh dry per se and then another thing i did i didn't tell you this the day after <laughs> i texted you bro i watched again mm-hmm. and i i never do that oh you did That's, i struggle with rewatches just because like it always feels too soon so i usually wait a long time to get a new perspective but i was like this felt like a weird comfort movie and i know it's weird that it's a comfort movie with some of the the serious stuff it is but just because of what it is and how the characters interact with each other it felt like a comfort movie and the next day it was like a show what was it friday night and i wasn't doing much so i just put it on again and different perspective on it but still love Mm -hmm. it yeah like i can see it being a comfort movie even just like visually because it's very it's easy to look at. The people yeah. look like people, and they look like they're even if they are older when they're acting in the movie. They look. I have a feeling this age. didn't click with you the same way it did me. It hit, but I I think we experienced different things because, like, we both have similar feelings. Like that um, the character has in the beginning, but at right. different points it, it, in our life. Maybe just because of where I am right now, or just having been disconnected from people for so long, being in quarantine and such. I know family stuff, but you know, like connections you make outside in the world, 
with people. And so to see this kid just kind of come into his own and make connections and, and learn to like love life more and get over these issues was really, I don't know, spoke a lot to me. And even like, obviously there's no relatability to like stuff like being abused, at least for me, I know other people can connect with it, but I have never had that at all in any way. Or even like mental problems and stuff is can't relate to it that much. But, you know, just a coming of age story like this, there's a lot to appreciate, you know? I'm I'm touching around it because it's a it's a tricky subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean this is a lot of things to a lot of people and it can go as deep as you want it to go, but no matter like who who's watching it. It it doesn't end like a typical I don't know sad movie does. Like it's a it's a story of like right. It's a story and even of progress. There's a dude, I'm telling you, mine. I I did a lot with this one. There's like interviews with him afterwards, like uh, years twenty years after this book was published, where he adds like an extra thing where it's like revealed Charlie twenty years later is still good. And he, like, writes back to this person he was writing to all the time and, like, explains how he's good and he hopes other people are good and how they heal and stuff and just move on and live. You know, so it really is about progress and moving forward. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, it's... A tragic story, but it almost feels like it was filmed in a slice of life sort of way because the trauma that the character experienced wasn't like it wasn't built up to so like the whole right. audience could like gasp. Like it wasn't it wasn't made to no, have and, a and reaction. telling you man, on the second watch when you know that is because like the first watch you really feel for him losing his aunt. It feels like the aunt's the one person he connects with. Well, on that second watch, dude, it's a lot more like it. It re- you really have a sinking feeling about it when you watch those scenes again. You know, at least the day after for me. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Especially, especially the scene before Sam kisses Charlie for the first time, where he's like, "My aunt was my favorite person yeah, in the world it's, until it's now." Crazy how manipulated he was by this person who he, you know, because if you never really expect something like that from a family, like it, it's, it's gotta be one of the worst things ever to experience. I imagine in that, you know, subsection of life that is abuse. Cause like, there's nothing, there's like nowhere to it. It does. It feels like yeah. there would be nowhere to escape. But that line, like, once you know what happens, it hits so different because she was his favorite person because he really didn't have a choice. And now he's choosing to have Sam Mm -hmm. and put her in this light. And she doesn't even know why. And I don't even know if she ever really does It could be better that way with her just loving him for who he is and not just because of the circumstances and stuff because obviously she gets connected to him early on but like really gets connected to him after hearing the thing about his 
best friend. But I feel like from then, it's not just like a pity feeling. Because that one party scene, it feels like it is a pity thing. But then they actually grow to love the guy for who he is. You know, it's not just what he was or what happened to him. It's more like the person he is as a whole. I feel like part of it was definitely pity. But at the same time, the way that she acted, she was like, she already... Not like in well, a I mean, it's, way, it's but she already pity liked at him first, but like over time, it him. doesn't become just pity, or like even that as to why they're hanging out with him. Sorry, like it. I feel like it was a dignified, mm-hmm. like nice gesture. It was done well, like even for like a seventeen-year-old kid. It wasn't just like oh, everybody bake yeah. him a batch of cookies. The, know, there's so many scenes in this that like. They just feel so homely and and comforting. Like um, the uh, the first scene in the restaurant with them, the three of them. They're just talking, you know. It just feels like we don't connect as much as we used to back then, or maybe at least these people did to each other. Yeah, like there's, you can tell there's been a lot of changes in that group of people, and yet they yeah. still choose and then, to all what other be great together. Scenes are? Dude, the Come On Eileen song, that that dance thing, where they like Ezra Miller and Emma Watson just go onto that dance floor, and then it, dude, I've like watched that scene so many times. I, it just genuinely makes me so happy. It's so yeah, it's such like a. It's such a fulfilling, fulfilling feeling. And then, like, because I feel like you and I are, like, that awkward kid that, like, just want, that wanted mm-hmm. to, like, be adopted into a group. And then, like, Charlie does what you yeah. wished you would have done the last time you were in that situation. And it really is fulfilling. And he dances with them. I could definitely see that excited. is part of it, you know? Because, like, everyone wants something like that. Like, a Sam and Patrick type thing. Like, I at least, you know, leave my mindset towards it. There's a part of you that wants to help, like, help have other people help you live in a more freeing way than what you are. I don't know. It's really hard to hard to say, you know? But it, there's a lot of wish fulfillment from that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first got into high school... I only made friends because people blatantly. Right. It's, it's hard when you move into a whole new thing and, and a whole new environment from eight years of being with the same people. Yeah, like the there was like there were two girls and two guys. The two guys got dragged right. along. They didn't like me at Naturally. first, but the girls were like, "Oh my god, we saw that you were." <laughs> They, we saw that you were sitting alone oh, and we felt awful for you. And then, like, <laughs> I ended up, like, being pretty good friends with them. But it always felt like, oh, Summer, she's so alone all the time. But that's not what um, right. Patrick and Sam did. I mean, Patrick and Sam were so, like, unapolo- unapologetically, like, genuine. And they were still, like, nice because I feel like a lot of these movies that try to do stuff like this, they try to make. They're like, oh, if they're like so genuine and they're so real, then that have that means that they have to be like snarky or like yeah. 
be an they could have easily been the thing the where like they take advantage of the kid because he's quiet and susceptible to do stuff you know and i'm glad that wasn't the thing because that happened i've seen that mm-hmm. happen a lot there's this quiet kid and he doesn't really know where he belongs and stuff so these these more outspoken kids who are just doing their own thing take him and just make him be another one of them and their copy of them and follow them and such it's a very like it's like a weird twisted adoption mm-hmm. thing that people peers do to each other and it's kind of messed up sometimes depending on what yeah. people quote unquote adopt you into their group i've seen it happen yeah i've seen but that like happen yeah before, too going into freshman year was a similar thing just because i mean obviously there was tennis that helped a lot with stuff but you you go from being in this really secluded christian jesus school type environment where like everyone has to be buddy buddy and you're all super close just because you kind of have to be and i mean right there's 40 people in each grade you still have that like you know everyone's names in the grade you know everyone and then you go into this whole new thing where it's the same amount of people but like now everyone else has connections and you don't i imagine it's what people felt like when they went to jesus school and we were like on year seven or something and they were new it's a weird it's not like a traditional public school where it's very loose and not a lot of close-knit uh friend groups there was a lot of pre-established friend groups going into high school at least from my experience in my grade like basically the entire classroom was it was divided by gender and then that kind of deviated as we got older but like each gender Jesus school right to clarify all right cool yeah i remember that yes no and and like every like the genders were just a pre-established friend group and then i was outside of that first by myself and then like with my two or three other people there was a year where there was seven people that didn't mm-hmm. work out well yeah. do not recommend um see i like i feel like that's where some of the the relatability as i would phrase it comes from you know just there's something about this that it's hard to really elaborate what it is it's just more of a feeling than i i really like this aspect of the film and this aspect and this aspect because it's not perfect, but to me, it really works. Like, it just feels natural. Like, I find it hard. I found it hard to, uh-huh. like, separate myself from it. Because usually, like, when I watch a movie for this podcast, it's a way different yeah. than how I would just, like, watch it to watch it. Because, like, when I watch it to watch it, I'm, like, fully immersed and I'm not, like... If I notice something mm-hmm. technical about it, then it's probably really, really good. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I'm just kind of vibing. But I find I found it myself oh, like struggling not to just like exactly be felt the same. Especially because you know how I do. I do that letterbox shit where I have to lock every. It's a weird like OCD, not OCD, but like a compulsive thing that I feel the need to log and write a little diary entry of everything i watched just to write down my thoughts real quick but this one i was just like i wasn't really thinking critically about it just 
immersed into it as a, a, a feeling. It like it simultaneously empties yeah. you and fe- oh. and fills you. It's yeah, like, like that it's not, kind it's not of superbly sadness. directed or something. It's not. I mean, it is really well written, but there's even dialogue stuff that's not amazing. I feel like the strongest thing is just probably performances. You know, I freaking love Emma Watson, Ezra Miller in this. They're insanely good. Oh, she's perfect. Like the actors for Charlie Patrick and um, Sam are. Like, yeah, yeah. Even choices. Logan Lerman's become like he's been in a few movies last year that I loved, and he was in this, and I love. He's slowly becoming a person that I love seeing. Just because all I saw him before is Percy Jackson. He sucks in Percy Jackson. My mom died? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit, that's rough. No, he's so good, though. And this especially. He just fully captures what it was supposed to be. It really is beautiful, man. Really, the most... The most blank character is Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, in the in the second basically just watch, a you device. do not get at all connected with Mary Elizabeth. I'm just like, okay, could we get past this part and get back to like the core relationships and stuff? By the way, oh no, I'll, I'll get into it later. The thing I was talking about. Sorry. Uh, okay, how did you feel about? Um, his relationship with Mary Elizabeth, like on a scale of one to ten, how Dude, that feels like something that happens a lot too. Started. But I just don't think it would have been to the extent that it did. I feel like someone would have been able to say no or just move on from it. But I, I just, I don't know. Just you just feel uncomfortable about it both times. You just want it to to end, even though you like the the Mary Elizabeth character enough, like fine enough. But it feels like I didn't need it. But I understand why it's there. Yeah, I mean, like, in like a fan <laughs> yeah. fictiony sort of way, I didn't need it, right. but it was necessary for the plot because, like, otherwise, I don't know. I don't think him and Sam would have ended the- up together, or at least not the way. It's a very tight plot. At, like, at not a lot of scenes the way they did. feel out of focus. I guess would be the best way to say it. Everything works to build into one cohesive no, character thing. I feel like that might happen a lot with like old friend groups mm. who adopt new members, and like ro- a romance usually it's happens awkward. and it never works yeah. out. And yeah, and but that's just that shows how strong of a friend group that was because some people wouldn't like they would have even gotten yeah, more speaking mad of at Charlie. Friend group. I know I said I don't need a bunch Patrick. of extra scenes, but I feel like I would have liked a little bit more with Alice and the other guy. I think his name's Bob or something. Like they're apparently apparently important parts of the friend group hey, but Alice really got sidelined. Yeah, like they're the two most interesting uh-huh. like side, side just... characters. And Bob isn't Bob like really helpful I think in one so. scene? I don't know. Like he was the host of that party 
and then was kind of he asked Sam to marry him. And then there's a scene where like apparently he just loves bubbles, and that's a thing. Oh yeah, that Christmas like oh Ch- Charlie was like it's so precious that he bought. Dude, isn't that that's everyone, so good? Like, that Christmas thoughtful, scene entirely like gifts. Mm. And then the upstairs thing is good too. It mm-hmm. all just works so well. And even like it, it breaks your heart when you watch Charlie love that present he got, and then he wears it to school. And that's will that would be how people react even to this day to someone wearing, getting all dressed up. Your immediate reaction just to hate on it. Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, especially like that because that like. Even that was like a kind of a vintage look for when that for when that movie came out. Oh, now it would look weird, but people, I feel like in our school because I don't think all schools do this. Like the day mm-hmm. that sports are supposed to play, the the, the right aren't it's like the players required to dress up. I feel like it would be as bad nowadays because more people do that but yeah it just broke my heart and speaking of the bedroom scene real quick her bedroom aesthetic just but like not Pinterest aesthetic like just nice aesthetic it's like in the same way that I think my bedroom is is like you could see what I was trying to go for but Mm -hmm. now I'm just like putting everything on my wall like it looks like a real person's bedroom. It doesn't inauthentic. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's this two D character's possession that doesn't no, for, matter for because real. it's not. Like you really get attached to just the environment and the setting as well. Just really get into it, and like even even stuff like the the diner or that like shop class. I don't know. Everything just feels like authentically this. Not a lot of ninety, not like overly nineties too, which I, I dig. It could have been really nineties or really eighties, depending on whatever time period you say you're moving. That like even the costumes were kind of like neutral, which is what I liked because you didn't need something ex- extravagant, even with things like um, Mary Elizabeth's homecoming dress or her. Um, yeah. Sadie Hawkins mm-hmm. is that what that is her her Sadie Hawkins dress that fit her but it wasn't like it didn't have to be the vocal point the focal point and it just yeah, everything yeah, blended sure. really really like, well and the example of this was in the 2000s and like someone used the 2000s a lot in the the design like probably like two characters would have a, a bowl cut and everyone would dress really terribly and it all just be really gross, but it's '90s, but it's not overly '90s with its aesthetic and what they're going for. Like it's not like fresh. Isn't Fresh Prince '90s? From what I remember, mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's not like that's really like over. late '80s. 90s, yeah, in terms of style, and in terms like of style, that. in terms of style at least. Stylistically, this yeah, um, yeah for real. This it just movie it, is timeless. Sorry. At least. Yeah. At least. At least. That now. was a, that was a good addition <laughs> for now. The now. Um, 
uh yeah i even like looked up the time period just to double check like a, a few days ago or something when i was writing the notes just because like it doesn't have it doesn't feel like tied to this era yeah uh what else do i like i love the mm -hmm. the pan up shots both the the shot of the dance where they're all like in that where they're all like spinning around and dude that's just a really great coming oh, of age yeah. shot and then the other one i love is where he's like drugged and drugged up and randomly like shoveling a driveway and they do this yeah and they do this like kind of emotional scene but they they really pan away yes. from the characters and just to get a different perspective of it i don't i don't like i don't know if it was a super creative choice in terms of the narrative but just from a visual standpoint looks great Uh, that's one of like visually that's one of my favorite scenes because like he's standing on the edge of the driveway yep. where he's like dug a circle for himself and he has this cute little plan and he doesn't even remember that he already did the plan and he's by himself and he pans up at the stars and the stars are so big and they're having like this I don't want to say neutral, but you know what mm -hmm. I mean when I say yeah. like a neutral caring moment. It's not a romantic thing, per se. Where it just feels like like the air just feels different. And uh, I, what, I live for those kinds of moments. Shot. I love the, the Rocky Horror show stuff, visually. Ezra Miller in that first <laughs> one. About in that, that first scene, dude. Um, unforgettable, I would say. I mean, did, did I miss something? Do they explain why they do like I think a it was related to Alice or Mary Elizabeth wanting to do it. One of those two. Like it was one of their their type things that they dig. Okay. And so the other kids just did it with them, I suppose. It looks fun. You know? Mm-hmm. If you're into performing, then yeah, but they're all minors and in the second time that they did it it was just it was like it got like more promiscuous so you had to yeah yeah totally I get what you mean. About it, especially because literally charlie is a freshman it's it's kind of weird when you think about it for too much is there like yeah you <laughs> you can't think about those scenes for too long otherwise it's weird but i also like it's interesting to me that charlie would be so open to that given yeah mm -hmm. like what happened it's i think it really just speaks to the care yet i guess for the the friends and the friend group when you compare it to I, someone like the football guy who wasn't it brad charlie's or patrick's boyfriend um Brand knows his dad's not in that fine. crowd, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like he like he probably could get away with it, but he's not near as connected to these people as Charlie is. That's why he wouldn't go out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Brad the one that um yep. gave Charlie so. the weed brownie the No, first it was time? Bob. The the friend. Yeah, the homie. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great okay. scene too, that whole thing.
the whole party is really nice. You're always worried. Like, uh, you're on the edges of your seat, like, something awful is going to happen, like, Sam's going to die. But, like, the only really bad thing that happens in that friend group, like... Right, because I feel like there would... To each this other feels like a movie where there would be, did. like, an Oscar-baity performance scene. So, basically, if you... You kind of watch the Oscars, but don't, right? So, but whenever some people are, are nominated for acting Oscars, yeah. what they do when they announce it is they play a scene from the movie. And it's usually, like, this super argumentative, emotional scene where they're delivering this sort of monologue type thing. I figured this would be one of those movies where something like that would happen, and it didn't. And I really appreciate that, because it gets kind of tiring sometimes. Yeah, Patrick, like, diffused the situation. Charlie immediately realized what he did wrong. He wasn't a douchebag about it. I mean, like, it was a... It was an asshole move, but he, like, afterwards, you know, I'm not excusing it, but... I don't know. I didn't feel really bad. I felt bad, but not as bad as I should have for Mary Elizabeth because yeah. she forced herself. What's on a good way? None of this. Kind, none of this tension like a, seems forced. You know, not like an that her- happens in the movie. Any argument or conflict feels natural to mm-hmm. where the story has been progressing. It doesn't feel like we're dragging this out or keeping it going up. I don't know. You know. And I'm glad there wasn't some like gross right. cliche cat fight between Sam and Mary Elizabeth, even yeah, though it was explicitly that. said that they have history with like women supporting women with other you guys. Know, we don't need negative energy in this in this house. And they made a point to show that Dude. because they were the only people yeah, they're just sitting vibing. at the table. They're just vibing. They, they weren't they were like buddy buddy again, but they were vibing. Um, I've been putting it off for like about mm-hmm. uh, an hour by now, but I can't anymore. We have to talk about uh, the fact that Paul Rudd is just randomly in this movie and the best. Paul Rudd. He is the best. Yeah, because oh, we he's he so was in Clueless and it was also awkward, that he relationship doesn't. in this one or in Clueless. But in this movie, he's just a nice little teacher who helps out this kid and it's Paul Rudd and he's being wholesome and the best. It's like, yeah, I mean, I'm always suspicious of teachers in movies, always, especially in this one, when you like start to get glimpses of what's been happening or what happened to Charlie and then, like, he has this um, author- authoritative figure that he respects mm-hmm. and he has, like, good intellectual conversation with. And you're just afraid that yeah. any given moment Paul Rudd is well, going to play a pedophile. Well, I think I lost that feeling when Charlie... And it's going to ruin it forever. Light in it, though. When Charlie hugs him and he feels, like, uncomfortable by it just because, like, he doesn't want anything to, to be the wrong idea. He just wants to support the kid, you know? Yeah, like right. he's uncomfortable, and then he. So has I like to be that, like, okay. but yeah, you really think like I kept thinking stuff was just going to go super wrong, in a over the top sense, and it just doesn't. And this kid is not like overly violated any more than he was before. Not that that doesn't happen. It's just like 
I feel like a lot of people who are motivated to make this type of movie or to write this type of book, it just tends to pile and yeah. pile and pile and pile the tragedy on because sometimes they don't feel like it's enough. But if you don't feel like the this tragedy has just you're enough balance enough, to make a you wrote it wrong, film, at least for me. And I understand like there's aspects of it that aren't comforting, but just because of the the ratio of of how it is and how his life is and how it's not like just piled on and he's getting like the, the shit kicked out of him in terms of emotional stuff, you know, it's, it makes it a lot better, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think in the same, it's a comfort movie in the same way that like people that have like, problems with eating watch, mm-hmm. and could watch those tiktoks that are like eat with me so you don't have to be alone it's like struggle with me so you don't have to struggle alone because you can't sit down and just make somebody eat with you on the spot and you can't just sit down and make people yeah. like open their life up to you on the spot and that's what it feels like because a lot of times it's more comforting to know that other people are struggling as much as you are Rather than everybody around yeah. you is completely fine, For... but they're willing to help you. Man, so many scenes just are so good, dude. Um, I love the truck scenes. I haven't really touched on that. They're like really important <laughs> bookenders, where it starts off with Sam being the free willed and going out there, and it ends with Charlie being free willed and accepting where he is, you know, in life. And that's great. Even though they couldn't understand that the song is called We Could Be Heroes, like I feel like are heroes by uh, Bowie. I feel like they could have figured that one out. But whatever. But, you know, great scenes. <laughs> Both of them. I, the, those are the type of moments that I really crave that it just feels so yeah, and it unapod- all, Yeah, another example of something that could have easily been too soon or not earned like in the first part first one of them but it doesn't you know just everything just flows into each other i guess and i'm really in love with this film dude hate to say it you you really introduced a a great one (laughs) hey a lot of people, I've seen right. a lot of people obsess over this film, and rightly so, but they they can't, uh, like, really, yeah, like, no. gross about it, you know? I mean, not in, like, not, no, 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 not in, like, a fan fiction way, just, like, I don't know, it's, like, they, they're obsessed with the movie, but for all of the wrong reasons. Like, we mm-hmm. touched on a lot, like, the parts that we identified with. Yeah, but we acknowledge yeah, I, to the I other stuff. I can understand what too. you're trying to say. It could easily be taken wrong, but that's not hopefully the goal. But like, it's it's nice that even something that obviously really isn't speaking to me specifically, because I I don't feel like it is at all. But I can still find this intense comfort and mm-hmm. and love for it. Yeah, I mean, I can only hope that um, this movie serves as a, like, as a piece of comfort for those who have experienced, like, the the, the meatier part of the trauma that yeah. gets touched on in this movie, and it doesn't seem like it's romanticized. 
Because I didn't think so, but I've never. It, it, it also, yeah, just speaks on like. So I wouldn't just know. Just representation of different parts of life. You know, people always complain about what, what do people say now? Forced diversity. And I won't really get into it because it's stupid, a stupid complaint. But even just something where it's not a cosmetic diversity type thing where it's different region it's just a different lifestyle that or path of life that someone went down and other people went down that same path and there's a a piece of media out there that acknowledges that and helps you through it all right mm-hmm. uh, this is one of the types of trauma that i feel like doesn't get touched on a lot because it's a touchy subject a lot it of people can easily cannot be do it well really dramatized dramatized not dramatized dramatized especially when it's like a visual thing like a book is one thing i feel like a book is easier when you uh-huh. like expect there's still a ton of research that you have to put into it but i feel like writing about yeah. trauma can be easier yeah. than presenting it sometimes but this because the author like wrote the screenplay and directed it, it was really, really well done, and mm-hmm. I think for sure tasteful, not offensive, or maybe not as triggering as it could have been for people. Because a lot of the times, trauma movies like show you everything, because it's not for the people who have had similar trauma it's for the people that what have the... it to see it, to like i guess try to explain to them but i that's a good example like, well this is a show i watched last year called i may destroy it's like a british show and it deal with sexual assault right so something i did not connect to in that sense but i still enjoyed it as what it is but that one took the approach of basically showing all the forms of it and really getting into it. And that, I understand, cannot work for people. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes they just need something that acknowledges it, but doesn't relive it. Is that weird? I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. Because, like, if you were making it for, uh, for like, the people who have experienced sexual assault... Mm-hmm. And like seek comfort and understanding. Right. Well, I mean, it wasn't. You I mean, it show showed the everything. acts, but it wasn't like graphic, you know. I guess. No, yeah, it wasn't graphic because mm-hmm. people's imaginations. No, I mean the the, the thing I watched. Will, what I meant by showing everything is like it, it shows it. these things happening, and it really pans like on it for a while, but it's not like. Like you're seeing all the ins and outs of it, and it's like super R-rated. Is what I meant. But no, I. I oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this this feels like the very the yeah the special episode of of two friends watch like you know how we normally like a sitcom style thing and then you have the special episode type thing. This feels like that, but it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because we it's coming from an outsider perspective to talk about something like it. Mm-hmm. And we've both Life. been in like a really weird mood anyway because of like uh-huh. quarantine and life and school. 
and it's just in a very in a very different circumstance like this yeah. movie captured the See, same that's why kind when of I was, sadness I was, I was feeling. I talked about relatability with this. It's so hard to acknowledge that. In, but you always have to put like an asterisk. And it's like, no, not in that sense of what you think when someone say, oh, yeah, I, this is relatable. It's, it's feelings that are relatable. Not really experiences, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, for a G, general At audience. At least not for us, for the most part. But, like, a specific scene that I, like, connected to that wasn't necessarily yeah, really sad think, was, like, the first time to, oh, you ever you, went to a restaurant. You misinterpreted when I said the, the first, rest, uh, like, diner scene or whatever. You thought I was talking about the friend group in the cafeteria. I was talking about that first scene with Sam Patrick and him in the diner after the football game. And how that one is, like, a comfort scene as well. Oh, okay. I that is definitely a comfort scene because I remember the first time I ever did that with anybody and it felt like it like yeah I don't I couldn't even describe it to you because it's so important for kids to like to do that kind of stuff and be away from their parents just for those like maybe hour and a half and just experience Dude, yeah, and life as a person so much and not as like somebody else's child stuck. And and it's fair to be stuck. It's we're in a health crisis, and it's the responsible thing to do. But you, I'm losing a lot of formative years, you know, or not years, but like time as a child before I'm in that stage from child to full on adult. And it just sucks to see it go to waste when I want to be out there living. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. So that begs the question, mm-hmm. when they're like 18 and over, like mm-hmm. things are going to get crazy. Like they, everybody's going to want to make up for lost time. That's all I can talk about right now. It's like I've lost my entire, almost my entire senior year. What am I gonna do during the summer in between? That's between that May twenty second and August. Done by what then. am I gonna do to make up you know. for it? Right. That's the and like whatever the shitty I can part. Do I feel like if you're it. you're forty five or or thirty five or something, you're not losing as much. Obviously, it can obviously be way worse. You're losing a family member, or a job. These are very first world, not. You know, like, I'm acknowledging other problems, but I'm just focusing on this specific problem. But, yeah, it just sucks to be this age during this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, I've never had to feel like I've had to make up for so much it, it made before, me... and I'm sure I'll feel that way a lot as an adult. It also made me reflect just, normal on, like, the past couple of high school years like that I, I had, a, you know, normally, and I, I question, were those wasted in any form? And obviously they were in some sense, but, like, completely, or were, did I get the most that I could out of those years? I mean, do you, everybody could have always gotten right. more out of things when you look back on them. But, uh, I mean, for those of 
for like students like you that have time left before high school ends I feel like it's a big lesson as to like not like nothing is permanent like yeah. you guys like we get ta- told that all of the time like oh like this isn't gonna last nothing is permanent anything can be taken from yeah. you at any given moment but I still don't, don't. Dude, I'm telling you right now I say it a things. lot if I was out living life like you know actual life I would still be fine doing online, at least the, the education aspects of it. I don't feel bad losing part of it. I just, I lose, when you lose school, you lose being in contact with people in a one, one-on-one sense. And it just, uh, it's necessary, mm-hmm. but it, it really wears down on you. Especially now, winter, winter sucks, dude. January sucks. I'm in February now. Sorry. Yeah, like everybody has like seasonal, like <laughs> I I think se- yeah. seasonal depression is its own like diagnosis, but uh, like everybody feels it to a certain extent. I yeah, like and like, everybody's really it's so weird it to complain about stuff because you do. nowadays when you grow older because when you're a kid you can complain about whatever you want right just random shit. When you're a kid, you can have a tantrum about whatever. As soon as you develop more and more, you find mm-hmm. it harder to truly complain about something because then you're always thinking about, oh, well, these are aspects where it could be worse. And these are ways it could be worse. All right. Sorry if there was any audio jump there. We we took a summer lost connection for like a second. So if something didn't match up right now, that's why. Yeah, we always, isn't that, that's like a frequent thing though, having connection some way with this podcast issues. I had no idea what happened. We're literally talking about losing connection, losing aspects of life. and We lose, both live in the connection. middle of nowhere. So I guess it's... No, apt. Dude, that's that's a fun word. <laughs> I, How apt? I lost a lot of my momentum just then i know i use it a lot just like i think it was just us kind of ranting not ranting per se but reflecting on on (laughs) shittiness of of life right now i but like this movie is such a mix of sad and comfort we were just like it makes me happy just as much as it does sad you made us feel and I have listened to the soundtrack a bunch, and I've listened, I've watched scenes a bunch, and I've just, mm-hmm. you know, not not the sad stuff, just the the wholesome, comforting stuff. Dude, I'm telling you, come on, Eileen. I've I've watched that scene so many times. Even when Paul Rudd does his little dancey dance yeah, you with the other teacher, yourself. you know, uh, it's the best. It's this was yeah this was the film I think I needed right now <laughs> at this point and it was good that you recommended it. It's a dream scene. I don't really have much else to add. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we will we will rate this. Then I will talk about your, some other content. Your welcome. real quick, and then I, I will give you what I want to do no, next I week. Don't think so. So let's rate this thing. Um, I'll you start off, and then I'll go. 
Yeah. Okay. Dude, I, I was worried you'd go lower. Five. Dude, for, this is the most five out of five thing ever. This is, no, man. even from a technical like aspect, like if I was really critiquing it and really students. getting into it, it would not be that low. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it because then I'll get it mixed up. And now it's a five, man. I and then I never want any other content related to it. I just want this thing to exist as a sole thing, you know. But right, yeah, I hate unnecessary sequels. Makes me mad. But I guess I only mm-hmm. hate unnecessary sequels when I'm attached to the original thing. Feeling a lot when it's unnecessary sequels. Something I don't. I am like mutual on. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, other content. I just want to tell you about the other the upcoming mm-hmm. stuff he's directing. Because you like Wonder a lot, and you like this movie yeah. a lot, right? He is directing... First off, um, before I get into the one that you'll get excited about, he's directing Prince Charming, mm-hmm. a, about the younger brother of Prince Charming. It's a Disney live-action type thing. It's probably going to be similar to Maleficent, in terms of like not exactly an adaptation directly of a story, but having those characters. And then... Yeah, I, I don't feel it's necessary, but if you play up the comedy aspects of it, I feel like it could be fun. Or just okay. like living under a brother's shadow, I guess. Yeah. And then the other one. It's, it's ready not for this? A, coming out an September of this year. Of way of going about uh, it, but I think it's Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, boy. It just got the release date the other day. He's directing that? I just heard about that the other day because I was so excited about the in the mm-hmm. I was so excited about the In the Heights movie that I stopped paying attention Dude, to everything be else. So, I'm so excited. I've never actually seen the original and now thing. that I know and that he's directing you can only it, watch it from like a sad boy movies. Oh my god. It's the only way you can watch the play. I was privileged enough to go see it as like a Christmas present, and I I'm gonna love it. Was sobbing so hard that I shook the people's seats around me, and they were getting mad. Because I know it's a musical, but I, I I still dig musicals to an extent. It's like I imagine it's gonna be an adaptation, so. Is the movie a musical? I, I feel like I remember them hiring songwriters. And there's or books about that were connected the story to the original too, so it's not but like a yeah. Apparently, you said Ben Platt played him originally. Of. Dude, I watched a like Netflix special about of him where he just like sings or something. It's called like yeah, live that, from that radio musical or something. After. I don't know. It's really good. That's the only thing I've ever seen of Ben Platt. I just know I don't know why I watched it. But it was really nice. And he seems like a nice dude. Okay. Yeah, so we He's really knows, maybe sweet. Years we open everything we'll he does is like so genuine and um, like warm. Yeah, but like to a more extent of wide range films are coming out. Wide release films. I thought they yeah. were open. Yeah. Uh next week i thought about what i wanted to do oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah are you hearing that thing that's that's happening 
in the background okay so sorry if that was happening people how much i can do it's painting but um i want to do it's on hulu it's called akira it's like this anime film i don't know he rides a bike or something it's a red bike it looks cool <laughs> um, and I, I, I try I like to because I'm trying to do a thing like where I actually so you know have a movie set into this and, you're like, uh, and ready to go. Bike and I, I don't know. I just use the streaming service we don't normally use, which is Hulu. At least I don't, because I have the the one of ads. And I was like Akira, uh-huh. anime. Maybe it's just because I'm watching Ghibli movies. I'm in the anime move mood. Dude, I've been playing Pokemon, I'm watching Ghibli. I feel like I'm in an anime. Movie. I'm watching Fruits Basket with a friend, and it yeah. is destroying me. It's gonna be the perfect Valentine's <laughs> no, Day movie to good. do ever. I just, I think I heard or read something about that recently. Isn't one week from today, February fourteenth? But it sounded good. Next Sunday. So we probably have to record on the thirteenth. <laughs> I know you don't want to. Oh, you have plan. Mm. Yeah, have to fit it in. I have a, I have a lot of yeah, stuff that's going it, guys. on. Next Thank you for listening. With, it's like, it's a long one. I hope you enjoyed it. I feel like if you listen this long, you yeah, have to have got later, something but... out of this conversation. <laughs> you know, because I feel like this one was a good one, really, really impactful. Uh, yeah. This is I me signing so. out. Bye, guys. <laughs>